Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Good morning. Good morning. All right, let's just, let's just call it out. Any Vol fans in the room? Yes. Yes, we just need to acknowledge it and let's not pretend it didn't happen because it did. It was not a dream. It really happened. Now, statistically, there's a chance there's a Gator fan or more that are in the room or potentially watching online. And we just want to say to you, we we understand. We've been there. We have done that way more than we would like to acknowledge. Also, want to acknowledge the person or person st- sitting or watching online. They're like, "I'm so tired of football. What is this with these football people? These sports people? I'm just tired of them." We want to acknowledge that we hear you, and that's all we got. That's all we got. We hear you. Um, No, I also want to acknowledge that there was a lot happening in our community yesterday. Believe it or not, there was more than just the Vols playing Florida. That was definitely a highlight. But there were things going on with our community, including that some of our students here from Concord were involved in a band competition hosted at Carnes High School. And it is just so fun to see our students out and about in the community doing what God's created them to do and parents serving alongside. I also love that students are very much a part of our tech team in running the cameras and slides and just grateful to be part of a community of faith where we could not go, okay, kids, you can't do anything until you're like, I don't know, 22, because something magical happens at 22, and you don't break things. I break them no matter how old I am, but we are just grateful to get to be part of this community in the diversity. We have been in the midst of a sermon series that started a couple of weeks ago. If this is your first week and you're like, great, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to review it like any good teacher would. I'm going to review what we've gone over. We have ultimately been answering the question, why God? Why God? Why? Why now? Why this? Why me? Why my family? Why? But within that, we have drilled it down to a couple specific questions. The first week we talked about why do bad things happen? And let's be honest, there's that rest of that phrase that we're familiar with. Why do bad things happen to who? Good people, which means the reverse. Why do good things happen to bad people? Because we walk around going good people and bad people and really we're all God's sons and daughters. But that question, why do bad things? Because we live in a culture, we have this belief that if I do good, good things happen. Anybody think that? Like I've done all the right things. How come this has happened to me? So we leaned into that question. The question that is an ancient question And shockingly enough, like in 2022, we don't have some new answer to the question. It's a mystery, and there is faith involved in that. Last week, we talked about where is God? 
like God's playing hide and seek. Where is God? And we focused on that question. Because there are times that God seems incredibly silent or absent, which leads us to our question today. What do we do when God seems absent? I think seems is probably a significant word in that question. But it's also not this, we're gonna talk about this abstract thing. We're gonna outline what are some things that we can do when God seems absent. And we're gonna go to one of the things that we know that has survived time. That no matter what generation has asked the questions, God's word remains. And so I'm gonna read from Psalm 130. Psalm 130 falls in a, a stretch of Psalms from 120 to 134. They're called the Psalms of Ascent. The belief is that these Psalms were sung by those who were going to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage, kind of their Spotify list, if you would like to think of it that way. Their songs of ascent, their Spotify list. And, and they would have been ascending up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is on a hill. So there was a physical ascent and it was also a spiritual ascent. And they would have been singing these songs along the way. And we're gonna use Psalm 130 as how we go to God's word to answer the question, what do we do when God seems absent? Blessed, that's not even the right one. That's not the where you start. It's 130, not 128. Out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept the record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for you, Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Let us pray. Oh Lord, there are lots of questions that we can ask. They're those that we're afraid of. Honestly, sometimes we're afraid of the answers, not the questions. We are grateful that you are a big God, that you invite us into those questions, that you are big enough with our questions and you are big enough with the answers and you are our God. We claim that truth. Lord, you know what needs to be said today? Speak through me, to me, and despite of me. In your holy name. Amen. So since we're asking, answering the question, what do we do when God seems absent? I'm gonna give you a couple of options, maybe even a continuum. The first thing that we do is that we acknowledge we're in the depths. Psalm 130 talks about being in the depths. We're maybe familiar with Psalm 23 that says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the NIV talks in its version says, though we walk in the darkest valleys. Have you been there? Have you been in the depths? Have you been in a dark valley? Maybe not even just once, maybe multiple times. 
Maybe it's when the diagnosis comes and you know it's not a good thing, but you really don't have any idea and it is this slow or fast slide into the depths, into the darkness. Maybe it's that phone call that comes that you didn't want to ever have to answer and you have to answer it and it changes your life forever and your loved one's lives forever. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's our own addictions and we often think of chemicals as our only addictions, but there's a lot other things that we get addicted to in life and we can't stop. We have great intentions and we cannot stop. The relationship, the conversation that happens with your spouse, your partner, and the statement is made, I don't know if I can do this any longer. I don't know if I want to be married anymore. It's deep. It's dark. It's a valley. And it is so important that we acknowledge it because in some ways our culture tells us we're just supposed to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and just keep on going. And there is some value in that. And yet being able to acknowledge the dark places, the valleys, the times, I've often described it as walking through molasses, where I feel like I should get an award for showing up at work or for getting out of bed that day because it took everything I had to do that. It's dark, it's deep, it's a valley. And God seems absent. It's important that we have those spaces, those people in our lives. I love Jesus' model of the three closest, the next 12, the 70. And being able to speak truth within those safe, healthy relationships, to be able to say, this is dark, this is deep, I am struggling. And there's others of us that in our acknowledgement, we just spew it all over the place. Being able to be honest in those safe, secure, healthy relationships that are rooted in God's love to be able to acknowledge that life does include the depths. Life does include valleys. And there are times when God does seem absent. So we acknowledge The second thing we do is we cry out to God. How many of y'all have ever been in a store or restaurant and either it's been your own child or someone else's child that has the meltdown? Good, nine o'clock, they've never really experienced that evidently. I'm not gonna share any stories. I'm just gonna tell you that I have been in those moments. And one of the things that comes to mind is I'm like envious. There are days and times in my life that I just wanna sit in the floor. I just wanna go, that's not fair, and just cry. I'm like, I'm done. I'm throwing down my toys, what's the next thing? I don't wanna play this anymore. Crying out is very much throughout scripture. We see it in Genesis. We see it in the Israelites. As in slavery, they cry out to God. As they are wandering through the wilderness, they are crying out for God. They cry out. 
we see it. It's the blind beggar, Bartimaeus. He cries out, heal me, heal me, have mercy on me. Jesus on the cross. Oh God, oh God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Crying out is a part of responding to the times when God seems absent. It is this crying out. There have been moments when I've literally fallen to my knees because that was it. It wasn't because I was going to need some position of prayer. It was because the depths and the darkness put me on my knees. The places where we cry out, where we cry out to God, where we acknowledge the depths of what is going on in our lives. There is the crying out. There's also the praying, the talking to God, of continuing that process, though God seems absent, that we continue to have conversations with God. We make it a part of who we are. God, this is a hard day. God, I saw you today. God, I need you today. And listening as well. Prayer also in times of God's absence is the power of people praying for us and with us. And being able to say, I, today, today's really hard. I need you to pray for me specifically today. Part of what we do when God seems absent is we talk to him, we cry out to him, and we converse with him, even when his answers don't match what we want. What we do next is, y'all are gonna love this, we wait. We live in a culture of urgency. Not only do we want it now, we want it our way, and if it's not now in our way, then we complain a whole lot, or at least I do. I don't know if y'all do this, but I always have to scan the, the length of the checkout line. Like there's a strategy, but it seldom works. Um, because I'm like, well, that would look shorter, but they got more stuff. I don't know, what about the cashier? Are they going quickly or not? And then I get in the line, and I'm like, of course it's the one that breaks. And then I'm like, do I make the move? Do I move to the next one? And it's all based on the sense of urgency because I don't want to wait. But yet in these times of darkness and de the depths, we wait. But who are we waiting on? We're not waiting on the cashier. We're waiting for the Lord. We are waiting on the Lord. And in those times where we wait, it doesn't mean we spend that whole time processing, thinking about, controlling about what needs to be done. We pause. We wait for the Lord. We acknowledge. We cry out and pray. We wait. We hope. Hope. Hope is an interesting thing. One of my favorite lines from Star Wars, and I'm not an expert, but comes from rebellions are built on hope. And I'm like, yeah, rebellions. We think about hope. How many people hoped that Tennessee would win yesterday? We hoped. I hope about things. We have hope. But this hope isn't about things like ball games. This is hoping in the Lord. It says in Psalm 130 that we hope in the God's word, which means that we need to spend time 
in God's word. Even when God seems absent, his, his word is timeless. There is example after example in God's word about times when people felt like God was absent. Job is a great example. But we hope in the Lord. And the last thing we do, or the fifth thing, or however you want to look at it, is that we love despite and in the midst of the depths and the darkness. Love is core to who Jesus is, to who our God is. The greatest commandment according to Jesus is that we are to love what? God and love others, love our neighbors. And you go, yeah, Brooke, but have you ever been there? How do you love when you're in the depths, when you're in the darkest valleys? And it's such a good question because the truth is when we're on the mountaintops, our abilities to love, our, our capacities to love are different than when we are in the darkest valleys, when we are in the depths, when God seems absent. And I will tell you that we still can love there. I experienced myself in my cancer journey and our cancer journey because I was on medical leave and I'm like, the mission field, where's the mission field? Oh, by the way, I had cancer during the pandemic and so I was isolating, like, how do I love? How do I serve? And people were loving on me and serving me and it's like, how do I do this in the depths? And I came to this place where I was like, the mission field has just changed. It's the waiting rooms. It's the infusion room. It's the hospital bed. It's the recliner at the house. It's how do I treat people? Those people who are caring for me and loving me, how am I loving them? Am I demanding? Are treating them with grace and I'm giving thanks to them? How we love in the depths and in the darkest valleys may look different than what it looks like from the mountaintop, but we continue to love because it's what God does for us. And that isn't circumstantial. It's that we keep on doing who we, what we've been created to do. So the answer to the question is, what do we do when God seems absent, we acknowledge, we cry out and pray, we wait, we hope, and we love. But really, there's an answer before what we do. See, the truth is, is God isn't absent. Even when he seems like he is. He's present, he's providing. I'll be honest, preaching this sermon this week, I won't say it was challenging or hard, but it was one of those times that I felt this message. Because two years ago this week began what was a bottom for us in my cancer journey. It was a week when I had had chemo on a Friday. We had had an exposure to COVID. Remember, this was in October of 2020, or September of 2020, my immune system was shot and we had to quarantine and we made a decision as a family that we wouldn't quarantine within the house. 
that I would go to a friend's condo at Norris Lake. I know it was a rough experience, but it was. The isolation I felt, and I just was physically beaten down by months of cancer treatment. I thought cancer was this linear experience that they gave you a treatment plan and you got to check it off the list like I've done everything else in my life, but cancer was not that way for me. It was lots of twists and turns and boy, we'd had some. I didn't feel well. I didn't have the energy. Friends provided the condo. Another uh, couple met me at that condo that evening so that they could carry in stuff for me because I just, I couldn't even carry stuff in. I was beaten down. And it was the beginning of what would be five really, really hard weeks, including a six-day hospitalization. Be honest. I couldn't even imagine coming down back to full-time ministry. My goal during those five weeks was not to die, that I could just continue to live. I'm not sure if God seemed absent during those weeks. To put that description, I don't remember that. I just remember everything was really hard. It was dark. It was, I was, we were in the depths. But God was there. He provided. He provided in all kinds of ways, and it doesn't mean that it wasn't hard. It doesn't mean that I didn't experience isolation, that I didn't feel defeated, but my God was always present, always providing. In times, it is when we are on the other side that we look back, and the truth is the story doesn't always end with two years later, you get to stand before a group and you get to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. It doesn't always end that way. But God is always present. And it's not just because I went to seminary. It's just not because I've read the Bible. It's because I have experienced God's presence and provision in the depths, in the darkest valleys. He is here. He's with us. Whatever you got going on, as absent as he feels, as many questions as we want to ask, I know this without a shadow of a doubt. God loves us. He loves us enough that he came to be with us through Jesus Christ, and it's redemptive. He loves us. He is a grace-filled God, and he is with us in the depths in the darkest valleys. That is really good news. And I am grateful for that. Let us pray. Lord, our rock and our redeemer, I thank you. I thank you that you are with us in the depths, in the darkest valleys. That you are with us and that it is okay for us to acknowledge when we are there that it is okay for us to cry out to you. It's okay for us to hope. It's okay for us to wait. And it's okay for us to love because that's what your word tells us. And so that's what we'll seek to do. We will seek to continue to follow you when we're on the mountaintop, when we're in the valleys, when we hear you, when we don't when you seem distant, and when you seem so very present. Thank you, Lord. 
into your hands. May your will, not our will, be done. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.